Nothing you have ever experienced can prepare you for the unbridled carnage you're about to witness. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. I like it a lot. You're excited? Feel these nipples! Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? Gangsters, what's up guys? That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man! Those goofy bastards are just about the best thing I've got going in this crazy world. Woo! I'm the man. Woo! You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another exciting edition of Triple Threat Talk right here on 1450 AM, the Sports Buzz, WXVW. I'm Jimmy Biggers along with my co-host, Gary, the Dr. Locker. Gary, what's going on, buddy? Hey, not a whole lot, man. Just, uh... Excited. I'm not now I'm I'm not a Golden State fan. No. But I'm excited that San Francisco's bringing home a championship. That's but, what I'm but, excited. But they're not they're, the they're not in San Francisco, but I mean they're Golden State, right? Golden State Warriors. So by your analogy, the entire state of California won a championship? It, no, no, no. I'm just saying. Everyone knows that I love San Francisco. 49ers, uh Giants, you know how it goes. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not elating in the victory, but it's kind of cool. Uh, Trevor, help me out here. Is that, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's already got me. You need someone with a psychiatry degree, not, not, not someone with the radio broadcasting See, degree. See, there you go. See? And unfortunately, I have neither, but that's not the there point. There you go. See, he can't even analyze it. Well, it's people that can't First help us out is our Oakland. callers. Oakland and San Francisco are two completely different yes, cities. Yes, they are. Yes. You are aware of that, two, correct? Yeah, two completely different cities that hate each Red other, Red and by blue the way. are not the same They color. hate each other, by the way. Exactly. They hate each so other. So do you think the people of San Francisco are happy when the Athletics win the World Series? Well... Maybe no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Especially since That's they beat totally the Giants kidding. in '89. Yeah. Well, when they, well, see, the whole thing is the whole thing went south when Oakland decided to stab people at the 49ers games a couple years ago and put an end to the whole battle for the Bay in preseason. Maybe they felt like they deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Trevor here. I agree. Whether they did or not, it's a whole other subject. But maybe the people that did the stabbing felt it was uh, it was warranted. <laughs> there we go, warranted stabbing yeah. from Trevor. <laughs> That's right. That's great. That is what is great. We now we're condoning street violence. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's not on me. Uh, well, if you like to uh, join us here on tonight's show, you can uh, get it at us on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line at 384-1450. You can tweet the show at Triple Threat Talk, one T in between the threat and the talk. And, of course, send all the hate mail you want to the doc. <laughs> Uh, at triple threat talk 11 at gmail.com they we're doing that long before this show <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true that is true so uh coming up on tonight's show a lot to get to as doc alluded to we're going to talk a little nba finals talk some stanley cup championships as the chicago blackhawks knock off the tampa bay lightning talk a little rules changes with nascar that is going to take effect at Kentucky Speedway here in a couple weeks for their Quaker State 400 race on July 11th. We're going to talk a little Women's World Cup. The United States women continuing to roll on as they defeated Nigeria last night one to nothing off a Abby Wan back header. And who knew we had, you know, Spygate in the NFL, but now apparently we have Hackgate in Major League Baseball as the St. Louis Cardinals are allegedly 
uh, being investigated for hacking into the Houston Astros computer systems. I never knew baseball was that serious. I, I didn't know that either. Um, apparently, there's all sorts of craziness because, you know, the GM, uh, Jeff Lung, I think I'm saying is Lung now, Lung, Lung now, but he, he, since he used to be an executive with the Cardinals, they wanted to make sure he didn't transfer any data to the Houston Astros. Well, guess what? That's none of their business because once he severs ties, once he severs ties with the organization, it doesn't matter. I mean, he he signs a contract that's non-disclosure. So, but I guess they wanted to make extra sure. And now they got the FBI. Uh, now they got the FBI all over their doorstep now. So, I mean, that's not a good thing to do. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean. Uh, it's not a good thing, and we'll get into that as well. And also our good buddy, John Ashton, who you can hear right here on 1450 The Sports Buzz with those weekend golf guys, will be stopping by in the 9 o'clock hour to preview the U.S. Open. And that's always a fun time to have our good buddy John stopping by as well. So all that and more. Plus, we got some Buffalo Wild Wings snack size uh, gift cards to be given away, courtesy of our friends, at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Clarksville. Our good buddy Anthony, uh, the general manager over there, hooked us up with those. So when you call in, you have a chance to win those as well. So, Doc, let's get right into it. And I guess we'll start right here with the NBA Finals last night. The Golden State Warriors, as we alluded to, clinching the series in Game 6. I know last week me and you both said we thought the Cavs would win in Game 6, but the... Warriors win three straight. They win last night 105-97. Steph Curry leading the way, 25 points, six rebounds, eight assists, and three steals. But Andre Iguodala is named the finals MVP, not Steph Curry. A bit of a surprise here. LeBron James led the way for the Cavaliers, 32 points, 18 rebounds, nine assists, two steals, did all he could. Oh, by the way, uh, Trevor, for for mine and yours, laughter. Uh, Matthew Delavadova, the MVP of the Beargrass Christian Church League, uh, had one point last night. One point. You mean he came back down to reality after having two good games? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what world do we live in? Well, you know, first and foremost, I got to say that I'm glad Monday Night Raw was in Cleveland on Monday night because because uh, the people of Cleveland could actually see a championship. You know. Boo. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree on that one. Boo. You're, why are you stealing Seth Rollins' open monologue? <laughs> no, no, I said that, I put that on Facebook. I did not, did I, or did I not post that way before Seth Rollins said that? In his defense, he actually said it, but I still say <laughs> boo. I'm still booing. But uh, <laughs> but here's the thing: when it comes down to Iggy Dawa being named MVP, I agree, and here's why. Because, um, you know, Doug Gottlieb even said this point as well. He said that, you know, when you, put, when you put him in, he did the best job of slowing down, not shutting down, but slowing down LeBron James out of anybody they put on the ro- rotation. You're not going to stop LeBron James, but you can slow him down. When, whenever Iguodala was in, he was shooting 38%. Now, Everybody else, now, for example, everyone else on the Cavaliers, by contrast, whenever LeBron was out, nobody scored a field goal. So everybody was like, oh, oh, and 20, oh, and 19, oh, and 7. So I think there's a little bit of a contrast to be made there because if Iggy Dawa can slow down, even off the bench, if he can slow down LeBron, 
who's shooting 58% whenever Iguodala's on the bench, but, you know, when he's shooting, it's 38% when he's in. You know, you, you put in whoever can slow him down. You, you, like I said, LeBron's always going to get his. There are certain players that are always going to get his. LeBron, Steph Curry, even though Delvadova did do a good job of, of, you know, once again slowing him down in games one and two. But, you know, um, there, there are certain players that are always going to get theirs. And I think LeBron James is one of those players. The best you can hope to do is slow him down. And when it comes down to it, Iguodala accomplished that. And even though uh, he was off the bench, I mean, it, it doesn't matter if he's off the bench or on the bench. That's why they have awards like six man of the year and stuff like that. But it, it, you know, you don't have to, you don't always have to be a starter to make an impact. And, uh, you know, teams like Kentucky, Louisville, you know, in, in years past in college ball have proven that, that you can come off the bench and make a, make a tremendous impact. And in this case, we saw it. And, and to your point, Doc, he was, in fact, uh, the first MVP in the history of the finals not to start every finals game to win the MVP. So your point is well taken. It doesn't matter. And at Trevor was speaking before the show. He said, remember, Luke Hancock wasn't a starter. And you look what he did. He was the final final four MVP. That's right. But, I mean, he was hitting threes from everywhere. And anywhere. I, think he hit he, one, I think he hit one from Lexington, didn't he? <laughs> he? He was the best player on the court in the final four by far. Yeah. I mean, there was no doubt about it. I mean, uh, it was like a three-point contest in that game between he and Spike Albrecht that game. It was like which guy was going to blink first. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> was, you people know. talk as if Iggy was some kind of bench player. You're talking about a guy who played almost 11 seasons and in which he played almost full seasons in six of those and was never came off the bench. He was a full-time starter his rookie year, starting 82 games and playing in 82 games. This was the first year in his entire career, his uh, 10-year career, this being the 11th season, after 10 seasons of playing and never coming off the bench once until this season began. Right. That's 835 games played. And, se- and of all the, uh, So that means all but 77 of those, he started every game other than that. Do you think that might be attributed to, Trevor, the fact that they had such a loaded roster, that they had such a talented roster? Just the positioning. They they wanted they just felt him better coming off the bench opposed to bringing a Harrison Barnes off the bench or whomever it may be. And, in fact, he plays mostly shooting guard, and that's obviously not going to bench Clay Thompson for him. True. Now, you know, there were some other performances that were pretty that, that deemed pretty well for the finals. Um, you know, you had LeBron with 15. Uh, he absolutely crashed the glass last night. Mm-hmm. 15 boards. 18. Uh, I mean, 15 defensive boards. Sorry, oh, okay. I should have clarified. 15 defensive boards, 32, uh, 32 points. Um, Curry and Iguodala, uh, they both split their uh, their scores at 25. They're both uh, Golden State leaders. Um Della Vidova, you know what? He had one point last night. Yes, one point. We've been over this. Yeah, wait, one, wait, one point. You know, I, I wasn't so much impressed by that. Remember a couple years ago. Now wait a minute. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember a couple is, years is ago. Is this your reaction to Della Vidova? this man. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? Here's, here's, here's. Remember a couple years ago when we were still on I. I think we might have been on YouTube at the time, but okay. remember the th- our third member then, um, Brandon, who had who I think he had a little bit too much crack to smoke the one night that Jeremy Lin went off. Wow! And he 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 was talking that Jeremy Lin was going to be the the next thing since since sliced bread, and you and I 
quickly had to put him in his place and right. let him know that he was a flash. I remember in the that because I remember he tried to say, Well, you guys are all over Tim Tebow and right. we're like, Well Well, there's a difference. A little different. Tebow actually took his team in to the in, playoffs. To the playoffs and actually beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime. So I mean you know, I mean that 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 actually happened. There's there's no <laughs> He's booing you there's, again. There's no pretending that that happened though cuz it did happen. But I mean, when when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, I I have to sit here and say I was wrong about Della Vadova because of that same exact thing. Uh, you know, we said we said that to Brandon, so I now have to accept you and Trevor saying that. But one thing I will stand by, he did have an incredible performance in games one and two, See, but you can't take that away from him. Trevor, he did. Trevor only took one show, and he's already apologizing to me and you. He should have been apologizing. <laughs> you need to be apologizing for that sound should, clip. You should, should apologize for trying to defend Tebow as well to me. What? Whoa, whoa, no, wait a minute. Now, we, that, now, that's an entirely different subject Now, matter. I will tell you, I'll be on his side about Tim Tebow. I was one of the biggest Tim Tebow fans out there. Yeah. He- <laughs> 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 the, the boo this man ran out of, uh, ran out of juice in the box. Uh, so my question is this, Yo. and I, I think this is ultimately what done the Cavs in. It wasn't just the fantastic play of the Warriors. I think uh, David Blatt... And the idea of this seven-man rotation is the ultimate dagger to me. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much that LeBron can do. I mean, yeah, he's the greatest NBA player in the world. Nobody's denying that. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter that Steph Curry was the MVP. LeBron James is the best player in the league, bar none. Yeah. And he made no bones about saying it. Too. Absolutely. So, I think ultimately, I mean, you had guys like. And you know what? They're not the greatest players ever, but at least get them out there and get some time, get some rest. You had guys like Mike Miller, you had Sean Marion, guys like that on the bench that did not play. I mean, put them out there for like two minutes, something. Give these guys a rest. It's a lot different from college. It's more physical. It's more up and down. It's a faster pace. You can get away with a seven-man rotation in college. You can't get away with that in the NBA. There's too much athleticism in the NBA, and and it doesn't work. And I think ultimately, uh, the seven man rotation was the dagger for the Cavaliers. What do you think? I agree. There were some plays last night where the Cavs were being very sloppy. Uh, there was a play in particular in the third quarter where Della Vadova got caught underneath the rim, and he was surrounded by he was temporarily surrounded by like two Cavs, but they jumped in anticipation of him jumping. And on the way down, instead of going back up with a shot like any normal person would, he dished it back out. So, you know, they, they made some sloppy plays. They made some they, – they weren't hungry enough, I don't think. I think I, – I, I think that they were definitely getting um, – I think they were definitely getting ahead of themselves and sometimes playing a little bit scared and playing a little bit nervous. And there were some particular plays that showed that. Um, but we are about ready to go to a break if you want to be part of the show – do the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line. Call us at 384-1450. We'll be right back after the break here on Triple Threat Talk. I left my heart in San Francisco. High on a hill. I like this song. 
Wow. I like Trevor, it. you went deep to find Thank that, you. buddy. That, that's soothing. I uh, I wanted to play something in honor of Oakland, but I couldn't find a, a radio edit version of a too short song. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, BJ Betty is not radio friendly. <laughs> uh, really? Who would have yeah. thought? <laughs> Apparently, in songs where he uh, derogatorily makes uh, rude comments about Nancy Reagan, that doesn't fly well over the radio. Ugh. I could have gone maybe MC Hammer. I thought about that, but I went with what, San like you can't touch this. Yeah, or too legit, too to, legit quit, to quit. Yes, there we starred, go. Starred by the way, former uh, Warriors star uh, Chris Mullen in the video. Uh, but I figured since one of us figures that Oakland and San Francisco are basically the same thing, like <laughs> I didn't say that. Like, I didn't say that. Like, <laughs> like tomato, tomato. <laughs> you did. Uh, I, went, I went with San Francisco. Ah, uh, so that was Tony Bennett. Huh? That was Tony it was Bennett. Very, correct. It was good. very much Tony Bennett. That was good stuff there. Yes. So welcome back here on Triple yeah. Threat Talk, 1450 The Sports Buzz, WXVW. Before the break, we were talking a little NBA Finals. How about this, Doc? We're not even a two days removed from the championship. Vegas already releasing their 2016 odds, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are your preliminary prohibitive favorite to win the championship. I guess, is that assuming uh, that, uh, you know, Irving and Love are going to be off the off the lamb next year. Well, uh, let's also not uh, Irving's forget. under contract. Love is un, is well, no, no, contract. but he could he could. I mean, what I'm saying is like you know, is that assuming that they're that they're going to be healthy? Well, or resign. They, they could go. They could go. Derrick Rose on him, and know? LeBron can opt out as well. Let's yeah, not LeBron forget that. All, yeah, they they could be like nothing next. They year. they could lose everybody. Yeah. I mean, we could we could have a new sports nation piece that comes out that says I'm taking my talents back to South Beach. <laughs> it's like LeBron to South Beach Part Two. Well, I, you know why LeBron? It's uh, he, he's under contract for next year, but it's, it's after his two years he can opt out. Do you under, you know why he did that? Correct? No, what, because what, of the new collective bargaining agreement goes into effect after next season, which every team gets about an extra twenty five million dollars to uh, give towards their rosters. Therefore, that's why a lot of people were signing two and three year deals, so they can he can get these two years. Get as much money as he can, and he's going to get a lot more money offs after next year to resign with the Cavs. The more you know, a long term deal. So, so basically, LeBron James is kind of like Ted DiBiase: money, 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 <laughs> yes. money, money. But he, but he doesn't have Virgil behind him. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> so he's got Michael Delavadova, <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Delavadova. Yeah, would you, whatever. Would you stop calling but, him Michael? But, you There's know a what? Difference. If, he, if, he, if he does something worth me remembering his name, <laughs> I will. <laughs> Uh, uh, till, till then, he's lucky. My, Michael might be the nicest, one of the nicer things I'll call him. There you go. There you go. Is that like the more radio friendly name you'll give him? Is that exactly, what you're saying? Exactly. Yes. Uh, they I, both begin with an M. It's like those. It's like those Allstate commer- or those commercials. Kind of like you're not. You're not so and so. I'm kind of like so and so. I'm a 30 year old white male who does the same uh, thing. I mean, p- people in your in your other work of uh, place, your your corporate offices, they they may not know your name. That, that's what Deladova is to me. He's you know I'm like I'm the president of the companies you guys work at outside of this radio show and they don't know your name and i don't know his there you go fair enough that is okay. fair enough. I'll, I'll take it i mean you you we could level back remember we watched uh uh the ovw homecoming when me and you actually yes. did some managing yes uh when yes. we actually got to manage some up-and-coming stars and rob conway made the quote of if I walked into the doctor's office and he was wearing what the doc is wearing, I'd walk right back out the door. 
I could see you man. You you look like you kind of look like uh, the Arquette in the Ready to Rumble movie being a manager. <laughs> he <laughs> had a black suit. I had a black suit with, with purple, purple stripes. stripes, like streamers. Yeah. But he was dressed like John Travolta. You, so that just says the man that sounds like he was dressed for an NBA draft. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he. I think that's what he Did was you going steal for. That from Russell Westbrook's garage sale. No, I I I. I, I, I I think I stole it from. I, I think Wade's I was at your house, house shopping, actually, Trevor. Is what no, I think. I don't uh, wear purple. Sorry, I, I, that's the reason I can't be a cat. Can't ever be. Well, a if you remember, fan. if you remember, Trevor, last week he wore a purple shirt in that's studio. Right. Yeah, so Batman clearly, don't wear purple. We yeah. wear black. Yeah, it's thinning. We need all the help we can get. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm. I. I don't. I think I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit on the larger side, but I don't think I'm fat. You're not fat. Anyways. I'm fat. You're just chunky. Yeah. You go. See, I'm. I'm chunky. He's not fat. He's just big bone. That was the worst says, Cartman says impersonation. Says the anorexic kid over here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So there was another championship that was crowned this week, and the- I. I was gonna watch it, but then I went on living my life. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's that, how I, that's, that's, how I that's feel. <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's now. what we're doing now. So uh, he's now relegating. Damn me he, for closing out the boo this man kind of <laughs> I know. Do you have something that we can really throw at him? A brick or something? I mean, I got something lined up for his next joke. Go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the Chicago Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup championship for the third time in six seasons. Very, very impressive. Uh, the Blackhawks defeating the Tampa Bay Lightning. In Game Six in the United Center, Duncan Keith uh, with the game winner in the second period also won the Con Smythe Trophy um, as the Blackhawks win two to nothing. Uh, outstanding work by goalie Corey Crawford, uh, amazing feat for him. Uh, he just played outstanding. I know a lot. He he's been facing a lot of criticism. Uh, you know, but there was many a shots. He was standing on his head almost and just making some miraculous, miraculous saves. You so, seriously have no idea who these people are, do you? Who, me? Yeah. Yes, I watch hockey. Do you really watch hockey? Yes, I watch hockey. He'll tell he, you. He, I w- he watches hockey. Does I, he? I don't watch hockey. He, okay. He's got jerseys. Like, okay. He, he, he's a hockey fan. Like, yeah. Me, I, I really have no clue. I mean... I, hockey is is like speaking French. I mean, no, I actually understand French. So hockey is like speaking Russian to me. Okay, so like, I was gonna say I you like no to watch That kind of makes sense, though. Yeah, I mean, it really does. So because, you, you're a particular hockey fan of a particular team. I like the Predators. He's Nashville a, Predators because he, of Nashville. No, no, he, he's no. met several of the players. I, 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 I've actually met a couple yeah. of the players. That's where Popeye and, Jones's kid plays. And I actually got to sit in Vince Gill's box seat before. I don't know who that is. He's a country singer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought, he, I thought he was like the goalie or the, something. Well, no, he's like, he's like, uh, it was like two rows from the glass. Nice. Not it, knowing it, who country legend Vince Gill is, by the way, is almost as bad as calling Matthew Delavadova Michael Delavadova every single time. At least I got his beginning initial right. <laughs> <laughs> so they call so, him Paul. So, so this is the first time since April 12th, 1938, that the Blackhawks clinched the championship on home ice. Uh, so all their other championships since then have been on the road. Uh, it is the second most watched Stanley Cup Finals since 2013 when, ironically, it was the Chicago Blackhawks versus then uh, the Boston Bruins. And they are now tied with second most uh, championships all time by a U.S.-based franchise with six. Do you know which U.S.-based franchise has the most? Islanders? No, incorrect. They have at least four. I'm going to say the Red Wings. Oh, You're correct. I knew I should have gone Son Red Wings. 
Well, you said you said American based, right? Yes. Montreal, I think, is number one, aren't they? Not. Uh, yes, but it's American based. Okay. It's the Red Wings. So it's who's is where? The, what does that rank amongst the entire world then? As far as far as who do you Stanley Cup championships? I mean, where does that rank behind Montreal and they're third? And Edmonton maybe they're third. Is it Montreal? Edmonton is that? Is it that goes correct? Montreal, Detroit, then a tie for a third with um, Chicago and the Boston Bruins. Okay. They, they both have six. I'm deferring all future hockey questions because I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. So. You got that one right. I know. That's what I'm doing. I'm, you, I'm stopping while I'm ahead. My you, hockey knowledge ended when Pablo Burry retired. I so. mean, I at least went through the Wayne Gretzky years. Nah, I, never was a I always have been a big hockey fan. I enjoyed, you know, when the Ice Hawks were here. I went mm-hmm. to Ice Hawks games. Yeah, he actually played hockey too. Yeah, last, last two years ago. I it played two years. Ago. I played in an adult yeah. rec league and actually won the championship. Yeah, they won the championship. All right, good job. Yeah, and it was funny because we were. Uh, you'll like. You'll appreciate this, Trevor. Uh, we played in what was called the D League, so we played for the D Cup. <laughs> so the trophy was a. Uh, <laughs> was it literally a, a D? D cups? Yes, literally. Nice. Remember, <laughs> guys, we, we are being monitored by the FCC right now. <laughs> no, that's nothing. <laughs> uh, so, congratulations to the Blackhawks on their sixth Stanley Cup championship. What a well-run franchise! To have three titles in six years in any of the major sports is is pretty outstanding. So, uh, good for them and good for the city of Chicago. I'm sure CM Punk was quite pleased. He was uh, there, I think. Wasn't yeah, he? I, I, I know. Trash you, to uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah, did you see the yeah. Twitter war they got yeah. into? Uh, my, you know, back and forth because you know Hogan lives in the Tampa area, so he's obviously a lightning, lightning fan. fan. CM Punk from Chicago, obviously the the Chicago fan. So they had a pretty uh, sparring uh, Twitter war back and forth. Got a little heated at yeah. times, but uh, you know, all in good fun, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't really get on a guy too much when. They both do the same profession, and let's face let's face it, you know every they've got everything choreographed more than dancing on ice. So, absolutely, right, it's it's ridiculous. Absolutely, my bad. Hold it, here we go. So, <laughs> oh come on, that was a good joke. That was a good joke. If I can make Jimmy laugh with the joke, you can't play crickets. I, I gotta say, that's good though. The fact that he's playing crickets, I you love know what it. this is reminding me of? What Our days with Andrew? Well, yes, but yeah. it, it was it was it's always fun. It's good times, good times. Uh, By the way, Trevor, you are currently the second best producer we've worked for. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot better wow. than I've been in before. <laughs> really? I'll really? take All right. second. So, 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 Doc, let's put our time machine caps on. Okay, we're gonna travel back to the seventies. Do we do we do we hit eighty eight miles an hour now, or do do we know where where we're going if they need roads or not? Uh, where are we going? We do need roads. Okay, we do need roads. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. So let's let's travel back to the seventies. Okay. And let's talk a little Kentucky Colonels basketball. Yes, let, let's do that. All right. Um, you know Lloyd Gardner. Hold on one second. Let me go over here and grab this. Uh, R- riveting radio as Doc travels the room looking for a book. Uh, it's quite hilarious. <laughs> uh, Lloyd Gardner actually has got this book come out came out by the for the Kentucky Colonels. It's called Shots from the Sidelines. This is a Kroger exclusive, by the way. So I was in Kroger's earlier today, and we they were setting this up, and I got a promotional copy of this 
But some of the stuff in here is really riveting stuff because, you know, we the ABA, a lot of the times people don't realize that the Kentucky Colonels were very competitive. We were talking several minutes here in the studio, and, you know, you have players like Dan Issel, uh, Julius – no, not Julius. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, what? You guys are staring at me like I'm crazy. I'm sorry. You've made, you've made that mistake <laughs> once I already. I did make that mistake earlier today. Louis Dampier. Louis Dampier, Dan Issel. Um, and, and you had some great players. Mike Pratt. Mike Pratt, exactly. Daryl Carrier. Another you, and, the, and, of course, uh, as Trevor asked you earlier, we now know – who was the head coach of their first and only championship? Uh, Hubby Brown. Hubie. Hubie Brown. Hubie. Hubie Brown. Hubie. At least I, at least I didn't call him. You know, it's kind of like the Michael and Matthew thing going on. But this is a... Uh, yeah, I forget the first name of a guy who had two games in, 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 <laughs> among 75 final series. But in, you forget the name of a guy who's in a Hall of Fame in, coach. In, in <laughs> 75, though, I mean, they had a great team in 75. And what they eventually the NBA took four teams out of the ABA. But this is the story uh, from Lloyd Gardner. And the photographs, by the way, are credited to Mark Gordon. But this is the story of, I think, one of the most competitive uh, one of the most competitive franchises in the, in the ABA. And that, of course, was the Kentucky Colonels. One of the stories my dad always used to tell me when they were growing up they used to play pickup games over at Bellarmine. You know, my dad used to play basketball. My dad and my mom actually both used to play basketball. And I don't know where I where I fit into that gene pool because I can't shoot a ball to save my life. I can defend pretty well, but I can't shoot can, the ball. Can I weigh in? Sure, can I go weigh in? Ahead. I, I think you watched a little bit too much Transformers thank, growing thank up. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. Oh, good. It. I was going to tell him he was adopted, but I guess we should wait. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was found under but a they, rock. They, yeah. played, uh, they played Bellarmine. Uh, my dad played some pickup games with you know Dan Essel and everybody uh, in, in the Bellarmine gym when they were playing pickup games here. So, you know, it, it, this is a cool book. If you're, if you're interested in the story of the Kentucky Colonels, um, this, is, this is a great book, a great find. And you know the the pictures are in here. The pictures in here are fantastic. It is mainly a picture book, but it has several several captions to go with each picture, and it tells the riveting story of the uh, of the Kentucky Colonels. And it's uh, it's really a good piece of literature. I like the pretty cool nostalgic photos, like the different ones of like Louisville Gardens. It's yeah. cool to see those because I mean nowadays when you drive by there, you're like, oh man, what. And just think of all the cool things that happened at Louisville Gardens and all the big events they used to have down there. I mean. Uh, WWE used to have oh, yeah. Jerry huge events Lawler down there, USWA. The I mean, you had big wrestling shows, big concerts. I mean, a lot of the big-name concert peoples would go to Louisville Gardens and play back when it's heyday. And, uh, you know, so it is a very cool book. Some of uh, these photos are incredibly well-timed, too. It actually looks like some of the players are flying or floating at some of these times when they're going up for deep jump shots. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's it really is a really cool piece. and. So, um, it, it's something I strongly encourage basketball fanatics to to check out because this is a great story mm-hmm. about, like I said, one of the, probably the more competitive franchises. So they can, if somebody wants to buy this copy, they can only pick it up at Kroger. Yes, you can is only that pick correct? It up for Kroger, unfortunately, I this copy was given to me uh, as a promotional copy, so I'm not sure what the price point is. But I would think a book like this probably about twenty, thirty bucks. Probably. I'd, I'd say so at least. I so. mean, it, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice piece. But as you said, for a basketball historian, yeah, or somebody that really enjoys priceless. basketball, or or you know, basketball in the state of Kentucky in general, they're really going to like this book. It's a very good book, and uh, you know, Lloyd Gardner and you know the photographs about Mark Gordon, they've done a really good job. So if you're in Kroger, you're a basketball enthusiast, you want to see some, you want to see this, 
check it out. I'm sure it will be uh, flying off the shelves. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we got a lot more to get into. We got some FIFA coming back, coming about NASCAR rule changes. We're we're just getting started, and at the nine twenty mark, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have John Ashton on from those weekend golf guys. We're gonna talk a little. Uh, we're gonna talk a little golf. Talk, talk some talk some golf later on. So uh, do not switch the dial. Fourteen fifty a.m. The Sports Buzz guys. We'll be right back after the break here on Triple Thread Talk. I'm rocking and rolling over here. Parma Lee, heck yeah. Rocking here on Triple Threat Talk. You heard of people playing air air guitar? You yeah. were just playing the air drum. I was. I was jamming right here in that the studio. Impressive. How long did you go to school for that? Uh, Two hours, maybe? <laughs> I'm, first of all, don't don't mock air guitar. I won the uh, third grade Zachary Taylor uh, lip sync contest while playing air guitar to pour some sugar on me. Were, were you playing it behind your back? Were, I know. I had some it, Hendrix action. It was a lip sync contest, so I oh. played air guitar. What, uh, what, I got to know. What did you lip sync to? Uh, pour some you sugar on me by Def Leppard. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. But I will say this: I've never heard of Parmalee. I thought it was just something you put on a, a bagel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But looking at the these guys look like total tools. I'm just saying they look kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I don't know. They look like they got like some affliction t-shirts on and one dude kind of looks like he, you know, somebody that would mug me if I'm walking in a back alley in Paducah. I mean, these guys are really good, actually. <laughs> why, why are you throwing Paducah under the bus? Because <laughs> this guy's never been to a ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> these guys, uh, they've had a tough, t- tough time. You, you need to look up their story. They had a pretty rough time. Did they have a tough time? Yeah. Growing up in the. Well, no, uh, they, a couple of them nearly died. They got shot. Oh, well, yeah. that's, that's unfortunate. I know. For us. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I, I can't, you know, uh, I should I should come back from I that. gave him crap the whole first half of the show. It's, it's right. your turn. It's, uh, that's okay. Half? Wait a minute. It's not even <laughs> 9 o'clock yet. Give me a break. Come on. The last, the last oh, yeah. 30 minutes that's is free right. for all. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Well, uh, if you want to break up this monotony, uh, feel free to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line. At 384-1450. You can tweet the show at Triple Threat Talk, one T in between the threat and the talk. Or you can email any hate mail to Trevor at Triple Threat Talk 11. I I read it every day. I enjoy it. At gmail.com. And and also, we got a couple other ways to get a hold of the show. You can go on Facebook, look up Triple Threat Talk. Uh, We've gotten, by the way, like 20 likes since this show went on the air. That's good. I just want you to know that. Well, that's good. It's lighting up like a Christmas tree over here. That's beautiful. And also Periscope. You can Periscope search us Triple Threat Talk. So, yes, that's right. We're we're 20th century right now. We we got it all. 21st century. Twitter. 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 The the Twitter. That's almost (laughs) bad as calling it the Twitter. uh, The Twitter. The Twitter. Facebook. Periscope. I mean, come on. The the internet. The internet. That's right. The internet. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but continue. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's okay. So so yesterday, uh, the United States women uh, keep on rocking and rolling. Another impressive impor- performance. A one nothing shutout by the U.S. women defeating Nigeria, clinching Group D. Uh, the one nothing. The one and lone goal coming from Abby Wambach 
off a header. Uh, good, you know. So again, coming through in the clutch, she has. Uh, she's been very impressive. Um, been with the national team a long, long time. Continues to perform, you know, uh, in her early thirties, and continuing to get it done and make things happen. Uh, so congrats to her and congrats to the ladies of of the Team USA. They win Group D and advance to the. I guess we could call it the Sweet 16 of the World Cup. Would that be a, a good thing to say? Yeah, the, the Final 16. Yeah. The Final 16 with uh, uh, winning two games, uh, tying one, and no losses. So they advance to the Final 16. The leading goal scorer right now, uh, Doc, uh, An- Anjai Matag, and I know I'm butchering the heck out of that, and I apologize, but... It's A N J A. It's okay. She's German. Uh, and then M I T T A G is her last name. She is leading the Women's World Cup right now with four goals uh, so far. Yeah. Um. It's it's been a pretty good World Cup so far. Like I said, that header off a corner kick from Abby Wambach was pretty impressive. Um. I I I thought we were going to try to get some sound. Trying to find. I, I, I know. I know. I I, I. I. That was my fault. I was about to say, but that was. But All the that audio was my I fault. keep findings from like 2011 and other <laughs> other. It, it was my fault because I kind of let Trevor know about that going into the last break. So I will take I will take full responsibility for that. Um, but you know, U.S. went winning Group D right now. Uh, they they did go scoreless against Sweden, so eh, it was a little in doubt there. But you know that. Go ahead. Go. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of choppy because the computer's not moving very fast. That, that, that was it. There we go. So that was the header. As best as I could find. That was the header from Abby Wambach yesterday. Um, so we've got, you know, the other groups of the World Cup going on right now. Some of them do have winners. You have some, uh, some other matches going on right now. We're watching one here in the studio, Korea and uh, Spain, 2-1 to one right now in favor of Korea. So uh, right now they're setting up for uh, for a kick in. Let, let's be honest here. Kick. You're watching. I'm watching it. And, well, <laughs> you know, I, I like soccer. I get quality soccer like once every couple of years. You know, I got it last year with the men's World Cup. I get it this year with the women's World Cup, uh, the Olympics. You know, and then the, so next year, like, what am I going to watch? You know, I you know, although I will say Louisville FC on fire right now. They are they are great club. They had had. A wonderful, wonderful, and that almost went in. Wow, Spain, uh, Korea just barely dodged a bullet right there. Is what what happened? Almost only counts in hand grenades, <laughs> horseshoes, and military warfare. Yeah. Korea almost dodged a bullet. How many times have we had to say that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so um, Group A, Canada won, not even impressively. One uh one win two lo- uh, two draws and uh, no losses. Uh, Group B Germany came out of that one two to one. Japan came out unscathed three zero. Brazil uh, Brazil uh, Group E and Group F right now are still in contention, but Brazil uh, is currently two zero in Group E and Colombia is currently one one leading Group F. So right now already punching their tickets into the round of sixteen. China and Cameroon. They play on the 20th. Uh, USA and Germany are in there. France and Brazil. Uh, Brazil plays Australia. They'll play on the 21st. Japan and then Norway versus England uh, will play on the 22nd. And Canada, host country, has squeaked their way into there. There have been some really high-scoring matches right now. 
And it does look like Korea did, in fact, off Spain uh, there in the final second, so Korea will be advancing as well. Trevor, can you get me a pillow? <laughs> Germany. This is exciting stuff, all right? There are people out there that really care about soccer. I mean, I'm sorry, they do. They care about it. It's better than we used to talk tennis on the show. Remember that? I didn't talk tennis. You neither didn't, neither Brand, did you. Brandon did. Well, sometimes <laughs> I think tennis is more exciting than this. No, Jer- I disagree to that. Soccer's better than tennis. Soccer's <laughs> much better. You have some of the, 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 the most athletic person in the world is a soccer player right now, by the way. The only thing tennis has over soccer is when the women tennis players go, Ugh, every time they hit the ball. <laughs> Why do they do that? I don't know, because I, I don't know. I, I mean... Do we need an cool. auto, do we do we need a sound, sound I mean, effect? Even the guys do it now. The why, guys are like, oh, why, why are rainbows cool? What what's you know? How does a, a an engine work? It just it just is. <laughs> but Germany did nil Ivory Coast ten to zero uh, ten nil. Like I said, uh, Switzerland and Ecuador ten to one there. So there's been some pretty high scoring matches here. But yeah, I mean, you know, people people rib soccer and say, oh, I don't care, I don't care. But the fact of the matter is. They are some of the most well-conditioned athletes in the world. And actually, in my opinion, in several people's opinion, two of the best athletes in the world play soccer. You know, LeBron James earlier was talking about how he's the best player in the world. Well, yeah, probably in basketball. And that led to a conversation nationally whether he's the best athlete in the world. Some people said yes. And people who actually know a thing or two about soccer said no. Because you have people like Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar from Brazil. You know, they're fantastic athletes all around. And always, you know... What people don't understand is when you go a man down in soccer, you're playing a man down the rest of the match. You only have certain amount of substitutions. You're going up and down a pitch for, you know, 90 minutes, no breaks, no timeouts. You know, every now and then you can catch a breather in basketball and in football. So you're talking about some of the most well-conditioned athletes in the world with soccer. So I think they demand a little respect when it comes down to the when it comes down to the nitty-gritty. Um, and even the female athletes, because some of them, like Alex Morgan, Abby Wambach, Hope Solo, you know, you've got some great players there, and they're all well-conditioned, tremendous athletes as well. And it it really does it, – it, it really is a fun thing to watch and fun thing to be a part of, especially when you're talking United States in specific, because the last few years uh, in, the, um, in the World Cup, you know, the United States has been a non-factor, and now – we've made the group of 16 in back-to-back years for the women and the men. And so it really shows you, you know, there was this huge gap. There was the world, and then there there was the U.S., and now the U.S. is kind of closing that gap. I mean, it is the largest played sport in the world, world. and they do spend millions upon millions of dollars in other countries on soccer alone. Sometimes Uh, illegally. uh, Well, all the time, (laughs) apparently. I mean, but, I mean, do we really – you know, we're all about, uh, you know, getting rid of corruption and trying to get rid of cheating and deception in sports in America. We're always trying to, I mean, and we'll talk a little bit about that with the Cardinals thing here a little later. So, I mean, why why should we back a sport in which the organization that runs the World Cup is full of, you know, corruption and greed and scandal? But what's, what, what organization isn't? FIFA. I mean, no, 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 not not what organization is it? What organization isn't? You know, there's, there's, there's. That always, may be the case. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, more often than not, you don't find that here in America. And look at the uproar it caused. Look at the countries. Yeah. Not to get all political. 
look at the countries that were mad that we uncovered all this. Like, you all need to leave it alone. It's none of your business. Blah, blah, blah. It's because the Americans are still searching for, for respect in the football world. I'll never call it football. Well, but <laughs> it, it is. It's football. It, it is. But uh, I, I just think, you know, you know, I don't, I don't agree with, you know, backing, uh, you know, we're always trying to talk about freedom mm-hmm. and democracy and, you know, you and this, that, and the other. And we're trying to say one thing and then by backing, you know, like organizations like FIFA by taking our women over there and playing in this tournament. Over there is Canada, by the well, way. Well, <laughs> still got to go over there. <laughs> to, the, to the north. <laughs> you got to go to the north. It's still over there, you know. So I I just disagree. I, I think, you know, what they should do is is boycott stuff like this. I mean, that's been done in the past when there's been disagreements. I mean, until this situation is resolved and handled, uh, they, they should do something about it. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, though, you're not going to get, you're not going to get, you know, millions upon millions upon millions of people to boycott something that America uncovered. I mean, we're laughed at. And all in all, in the soccer community, you know, you look at our history in soccer or football, you know, we're, we're laughed at. We, we really are, you know, whereas American athletes are, are fantastic in, you know, what we call football or a.k.a. American football, you know, and, you know, basketball, things like that. We're, we're laughed at in general when it comes to sports across the world, when especially like soccer. Uh, now, the last few years, like I said, we're garnering a, a number of respect. But, you know, that's going to be it's going to be a while before we can even be in that conversation as far as. You know what? What do the Americans think? It's 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 going to be a while before we get to that point. And just because, like I said, FIFA is an opaque organization as it is. So when you have something like what they uncovered, all the greed, everything like that, you know, when you have America bringing that to light, you know, yeah, some of the countries were glad that we brought it to light and that you know we we bit we sank some teeth into into this organization that you know people people often view as opaque, you know, that we were actually able to bring it in and kind of, you know, the fall of Seth Blatter or stuff, things like that, you know, it's still going to be a while, you know, they're not going to be voting an American as the pre- next president of FIFA. We didn't bring it to light because we're supposed to be humanitarians. We brought it to light because we were mad we didn't get to, we didn't, we weren't awarded the, the World Cup. And it was because it was That's because the only reason the we brought it to light. I mean, the, the, right. Step Bladder is no different than Roger Goodell, who makes $44 million a year. And or how about Major League Baseball, who not only once, twice, but three times have been accused of conspiracy theory amongst owners for, for blowballing players? Right. I mean, it's, it's America's as our American sports are as corrupt as any. And, and that's what, you know, and Jimmy just said that, you know, you know, America doesn't find stuff like that. And I'm glad you said that because I was going to that. Like, American sports are very corrupt. I mean, it's. We just don't hear about it. There's a huge story that we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes with St. Louis. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you know, American sports are just as corrupt, but, you know, it, it comes down to it because when it comes down to soccer, America has put in a couple bids that, you know, uh, we should probably have gotten the 2022 World Cup. Well, but clarify to just cut you off. Sports itself is the sport itself isn't true. corrupt. It's the owners and, and, the, owner. and the upper well, beings that are corrupt. Well, that's because we're not willing to give them bribery and handout behind the scenes. <laughs> that's well, why we're think, not getting the bid. I disagree. How do you think we predict? How, where do you think? This, how do you think they figure out where the Super Bowl goes? You think they just pick some? They, I mean, no. I'm, I'm talking it's about, about I'm, who makes the NFL the most yeah. money. 
That's the, why a Super Bowl is put in a certain town. I'm, I'm talking about the World Cup. I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. But it's just they're, they're kind of, I mean, two, six and one half dozen. I mean, you're just two, the, the, the people are, are you know shaming people. And I'm not saying people should be correct or step bladder in general. The dude's obviously a total slap. But the fact people are looking at him like, oh, he ta- he's taking money and giving it to countries just because they're paying the most money. They're putting the most most cash in the pies to the warden. But listen, that's what do you think the NFL does with the Super Bowl? They don't put it in L.A. just or in a certain city because they like that city. It's because that city is going to bring them the most money in return. Well, that's no, really because... not much different than taking a bribe to pick a city for a Super Bowl. Now, granted, they're not going to put it in a city where that's good, where that city's going to basically enslave its people to build a stadium. <laughs> exactly, that will, that like will be Carter. I mean, that will be unused in, in Qatar, right afterwards, like 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 in China. But it's still it's somewhat in the same area in ballpark. I mean, same that, you're, you're you're probably right because I mean, let's face it: Do we really want to ever see a Super Bowl in New York in the middle of February again? Ugh. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it because first of all, I don't have enough money to go to the Super Bowl, so I don't care if the people there and if the people want to pay that much money to sit out in the cold. Be my guess: If the Eagles had gone to the Super Bowl, I would have done it. And I mean, and they basically. Told Indianapolis, if you build a new arena, we'll bring the Super Bowl there. Yeah, but but Qatar is, I mean, a little extreme because a, as I mentioned, they've literally enslaved their own people yeah. to build a stadium, <laughs> and two, it's like 175 degrees yeah. at the yeah. time I mean, of the World Cup. Play? That's why they got to back it to December. You know, yeah. if, if you've got to move the date of your world-renowned event, <laughs> you probably shouldn't have it in that country. I agree to that. I mean, it's it's one of those things that you know, yeah, it's great that they want to take it to Qatar, but at the same time. It's not great for the players because you have it's like playing on on the surface of Mars or Mercury. You I mean, know, there, I mean, there's a land, there's a sand and line you have to draw. You mean yeah. you want to enslave your people to build a stadium that'll bankrupt your country and and never be used again? That's cool with us, but don't move the date. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> don't don't move the date just because just because you you bid on it wrong. You know, I mean, it, it's it, it's ridiculous. The United States probably should have gotten the 2022 World Cup. Well, probably. Uh, let's. Let, I want to hear your thoughts. So, if you want to give us a shout, you can on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line three eight four fourteen fifty. Email the show triple threat talk eleven at gmail dot com. Tweet at us triple threat talk with one T in between the threat and the talk. Or uh, you know, right here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz triple threat talk. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk a little NASCAR. Right after this, stay tuned. Favorite drivers, boy, that Tony Stewart's a whiner, and we got rookies, advertisers, like, uh, let's see, Haveline, Target, Sharpie, Caterpillar, Nextel, Mountain Dew, DuPont, Lowe's, Home Depot, Kodak, M&M's, UBS, Tidal, Tail, Gillette, Kellogg's, Viagra, DeWalt, and uh, Budweiser. But the trophy girls still have my favorite parts. Vroom, 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 I love NASCAR. We got cautions. We got. How about that? A little Cletus T. Judd. I love NASCAR here on uh, Triple Threat Talk. Although I don't really care for the Tony Stewart's a whiner line. He's your favorite favorite driver. Well, that's right. Isn't so, he a whiner, though? No, he's not a whiner. Is he not perceived as a whiner? No, he's epic. He's not a whiner. He's I epic. I mean, not in your perspective, obviously, but to like the rest of the no, the, the red not really. Nation, I mean, he's not considered a, a whiner. I mean, when he first started coming out, like, and when he was a rookie, 
Yeah, he whined uh, a lot. I mean, he kind of got that moniker a little bit, but no, not so much. He's he's a garage leader now. He's one of the guys that, you know, the young and up-and-coming guys that go to him for advice or, you know, stuff like that. You he's, have a serious man crush on this dude, don't you? Well, his car is signed by him. <laughs> That's right. You told me that. I forgot. Your, why, why does it got to be? Your yeah. engine, yeah. <laughs> I tell you. It's all right to have a man crush on, on uh, an athlete. Or I don't a, necessarily have a man crush on the guy. I don't want to use the word athlete guy. loosely, but I, I, I mean. I think you do. You, you get pretty defensive crush. when you talk about Tony. You did. You were he's like, don't guy. play that line. Like, he's blood red right now. That's a man he, crush. He, right he's, he is my guy. You have a Tony Stewart picture I think you should take a selfie house? and see that. <laughs> And see that your face is as red as an apple. Did, did you, do you have like a Tony Stewart poster above your bed? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Actually, I don't. Yeah, no. well, do you, you have a Tony, Tony Stewart picture in your house somewhere, don't you? Oh, I'm sure. I I'm also sure have you like. Don't act uh, like. You don't know it's there. <laughs> I actually have about 100 die cast as well. I don't know what that is. <laughs> like the collectible the, the cars. cars. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Those are cars. cool, actually. Yeah, I have like. Probably about a hundred of those. He signed a couple of them for That's, me. That is you. That is serious man crush, dude. That's like borderline. Now wait a minute. You're like five minute, steps Trevor. away wait from minute, being the guy that, that stalked Whitney Houston in the bodyguard. Oh, <laughs> no, no. It's no different than you having like a bunch of U of L stuff hanging around. Oh, I have man. I have a serious man crush on players like Reggie Miller as well as Paul George. I admit it freely. Yeah, I'm just saying. I know there's nothing wrong with it. I didn't say there was, but you clearly have a man crush on Tony Stewart. <sighs> I I agree. Yeah, and it's not just because you two were double teaming me like at the beginning of the show. Like it, it's it, you know we've been planning an intervention, and this is it. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> is what that it we're is. now. Uh, uh, by the way, before we get into the next segment fully, uh, France and Mexico currently duking it out on the pitch. France uh, one up over Mexico right now in FIFA Women's. World. Nobody cares. Uh, people in Mexico are being got to be had their heads. You don't lose their friends. I mean, it was a quick goal. Like this, this, this match just started. And like within the first two minutes, France scores a goal. I'm surprised France even finished the match. Don't they even quit? I'm anyway. surprised they haven't thrown. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't surrendered the at this point. As soon as Mexico ties, that white flag's going in. I swear. <laughs> I would think so. So, <laughs> so uh, I hate to break the news to all the ladies that love NASCAR out there, but today Dale Jr. officially took himself off the market. Um, is Tony Stewart still on the market? Yes, he is an eligible bachelor. Keep hope alive, my friend. Keep hope alive. Dale Jr. gets engaged to his longtime girlfriend, Amy Riemann, uh, who is also a Kentucky Wildcat. She graduated from the University of Kentucky. Go Big Blue. So uh, Former cheerleader, correct? Uh, yes, yes. Well, so he's guy. he's... S- snagging a girl so, from the bluegrass. Yeah, that was sarcasm there <laughs> when I said that. So, uh, uh, you know, congratulations to him and her. I know uh, he's been on a, uh, you know, kind of against it for the longest time. He has something weird about him, Trevor. He has a, a phobia against jewelry. Really? That's why he didn't want to get engaged for the longest time. I've used that excuse before. <laughs> he, is, yeah. he had a phobia like a of jewelry. That's the male equivalent of having a headache at a certain at the wrong time. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what, it's, that's what that is. It's the male equivalent of having a headache. <laughs> yes. Allergic to jewelry. I, I, the shiny objects just really freak me yeah, out, man. I'm, not, I'm sorry. 
Is if, there, is, if you're getting a ring, it's coming out of a Cracker Jack box, I swear. Is, is Earnhardt Jr., is he still uh, a, a player in the uh, NASCAR world? Oh, yeah. He's, he's actually already won this year. He's top 10 in the points and uh, doing really well, actually. Their season's still going on. I thought it ended already. No, it goes from February to November. <laughs> it's like the restaurant that closes at like 4 a.m. and reopens at 6. I mean, is there really a point to close? I mean, why, why have an off-season? Can you not get snow tires on a NASCAR? No. <laughs> okay. We got we got to have a break. You know, yeah. we got to have a break. Yeah, because they're so worn out from sitting in that car all day. They, they had a meeting and they 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 and eventually they, concluded that you can only turn left so many times they, in the season. They are actually um, way more athletic than what you think. Oh yeah, they're huge athletes. I'm anybody sorry. anybody that says NASCAR drivers are not an athlete has never watched a minute of sports. Uh, well, then clearly I've been watching something else that I, I thought I was. You think they're not athletes? I, I don't. I wouldn't say. Trevor, I've done it. I've been in a NASCAR and took a ride just for a short amount of time. I could never do what they do. But trust that's me. driving. That makes that makes a skill. Having a skill doesn't make you an athlete. I could be a, a carpenter's not an athlete, but he has a skill. But no, but they have to train their bodies because you know to what? What, not what, do you, pee? what do you think they're doing? Like, do you think they can use? They have to clinch, like to use the bathroom or whatever. I mean, <laughs> they. Well, no. Here's the thing, Trevor. They. Uh, depending on the weather, the race, and this, that, and the other, sometimes they can lose up to like twenty-five pounds a race because they're sitting in a car for so long. And more right. likely, and sweating. they're sweating, I'm, I'm, and they're. But I'm just saying, it takes a lot out of you. I don't you have air conditioning be, in my car. I lose twenty-five pounds driving here on a summer day, <laughs> stuck in traffic too. But I wouldn't consider myself an athlete. You got you got to be pretty physically fit to I'm, do that. Well, yeah, because the cars are small. That's the only reason you can't put a fat guy in NASCAR because he won't fit in a car. <laughs> Yeah, also, a smart car falls into that category. Yes, that's a good point, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, want, you want to see something amusing? Watch me drive a hybrid. Okay. That, that would be amusing. I'm, I'm not saying that anybody, any schmuck can be a NASCAR driver. I'm not going to say that because that's obviously insulting, especially to someone who is a big-time NASCAR fan, and I do poke a little bit of fun. But, no, I, 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 have, a tr- I have trouble under the, my definition of athle- athle- athlete. I have trouble putting NASCAR drivers in that, that category. Goppers, yes. Jockeys, yes. And yes, if you say people will tell me in an argument, well, how's somebody drives a car any more different than somebody riding a horse? So I think it is a little bit different. It does take a, a more athletic person to ride a horse than it does to drive a car. Well, I mean, I, I think I think the the equivalent is right there, kind of up there. You know, you have a jockey rides a horse. You got somebody that drives a car. I, I, I think that uh, I think when it comes down to it. They are athletes because of the amount of force that's put on their body, like circular, the amount of force that's put on their body, the amount of training their body has to go through. I, I don't watch a lot of NASCAR. I watch Bristol maybe sometimes, but it, it, it comes down to the fact that they're, they're, their bodies are trained to do stuff. They, they have to go through almost not full astronaut training, but the amount of force that's exerted on your body is crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, 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 so astronauts are athletes. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they go through that kind of training. I'm not. I'm not a schizo. Okay. I don't say. I don't say I have a beard. Jesus has a beard. That therefore I must be Jesus. No, I'm not saying that. You you can draw a certain comparison though because you know a lot of times they go through they're like track and field runners in uh, in college. They go through gravity training below so they can so they can go through their waist. University of Arizona has a specific machine that you're encased in and what happens is 
they cut off gravity below your waist to help your legs. That way you can move your legs faster. Question, what makes you more upset, me calling Tony Stewart a whiner or me calling NASCAR drivers non-athletic? <laughs> I, would, I would say both. <laughs> I mean, is there, which one is like higher up the level of uh, you want to throw something at me? I mean, it would just put you in the realm of no different than Gary. I'm always wanting to throw something at him. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all good. I can believe that. Uh, we, we do got to get a, to a couple rule changes, but before Jimmy takes that away, uh, France just scored another goal. Again. Nobody cares. Oh, shut up. Here I do closing the that. cricket soundbite already. I should have yeah. left it open. Yeah. Nobody cares about soccer except for you. So, so uh, uh, July 11th at Kentucky Speedway, uh, NASCAR comes rolling in, and it was announced yesterday by NASCAR Executive Vice President Steve O'Donnell. They will uh, introduce some new rule changes effective only for this race. This is going to be a trial period. They're going to turn right. No, no. Oh. Stop it. <laughs> uh, NASCAR will imp- implement a reduced downforce Impotence? package that could potentially <laughs> cut downforce up to 25%. Uh, what this is is to produce more passing for the lead and to have more th- off-throttle time in the corners. Uh, it is yet to be determined that if the new rules will be implemented beyond the July 11th race at Kentucky uh, Steve O'Donnell also went on to say that uh, they have been very, very vigilant, uh, talking about NASCAR and talking about tighter racing. They want tighter racing. And the changes that are made, uh, they're going to reduce the spoiler from six to three and a half inches. Uh, the radiator pan width will be going from 38 to 25 inches. And the front splitter overhang will be reduced by. 1.75 inches. Um, if you're not real sure what all that means, if I'm talking Greek to you, basically what that means they're is... Decreasing, you're, you might as well speak in Sanskrit they're, to they're, me. they're decreasing down downplay on the car to increase side-by-side racing. Yes, exactly. They, they're wanting to try to... Uh, make sense. They're, they're, both, they're wanting to try to increase side-by-side racing to make for more competitive racing, uh, to make for, you know... More off throttle time, so that way you don't you're not capable to stay in the throttled all the way into the turn. Uh, so it makes it a little more more challenging. Uh, I mean, as if going 200 miles an hour around 42 other cars wasn't challenging enough. Now they got Tony this. Stewart whined about this shit. Do, no, he has not. Uh, Are you being the NASCAR uh, expert of the group, he, he hasn't said a lot. He doesn't like the new rules package that's in play for this season. Uh, he, he, he's had a little trouble trying to get used to it, uh, because they've reduced the horsepower. Uh, they did a little horsepower reduction at the beginning of this season. So he, he's had a little trouble getting used to the new horsepower reduction change. Some guys have, you know, fared a lot better than others. Obviously like, uh, Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Johnson are two of the best right there. They're, you know, one, two in the points. They both have the most wins. Jimmy Johnson and uh, Kevin Harvick, you know, with with six between the two of them. So, you know, good stuff there as well. Uh, So, I, you know, are the rule changes good? You know, we'll have to wait and see. We're liable to get to Kentucky, and it's going to be a cluster. I don't know, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I always embrace the change because nine times out of the ten, NASCAR does get it right. And, uh, you know, in this case, I think think they're going to get it right as well. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun, 
And, of course, I'll be uh, in attendance checking that out as well coming up in a couple weeks. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we'll have our good buddy John Ashton from Those Weekend Golf Guys stopping by to talk a little U.S. Open. That's next here on Triple Threat Talk, 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Don't be obsessed with your desires, Danny. The Zen philosopher Basho once wrote, A flute with no holes is not a flute. And a donut with no hole is a Danish. He's a funny guy. You missed just that one. In one physical model of the universe, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line in the opposite direction, Danny. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Thank you very little. I don't think there's any more appropriate of an opening to our next segment to what this man right here, we have, we have, we have the man, we have the myth, we have the legend. We have Mr. John Ashton joining us right now. John, how you doing today, sir? Hey, doing great, man. How you guys doing? We're doing, doing fantastic, John. It is actually uh, very good to hear your voice uh, here on local radio because, you know, as you know, you've been a long time guest on our show on blog talk radio. Uh, Thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to uh, to revisit your Sunday and call into our show. We appreciate every time uh, every yeah, time you're yeah. on with us, buddy. And c- congratulations for you guys coming over to my house, man. Appreciate that. Uh, w- thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, J- Jimmy's got something he wants to tell you. Yeah, I, I, I saw when we first pulled in last week a sign that said, The House That John Ashton Built. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it's... um. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's a fantastic studio over here, and uh, you know, uh, John, uh, we we appreciate every in all seriousness, we appreciate every bit that you've contributed to help us out along the way. But uh, that isn't why we got you on the line right now. We got you on the line talk a little U.S. Open. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead, everybody. I'm just gonna go ahead and ask what everybody's thinking. Um, d- does Tiger survive the cut? I mean, I think that's the question everybody wants to know. Do you, do you think Tiger survives this? No. No, I don't. When you're having problems playing the game, you don't go to probably the hardest golf course in the country to work things out. I don't, I don't think he makes the cut, man. This, this, this course is going to eat them all up and then spit them out. And uh, we already have people complaining after a few practice rounds. The ground is hard. It's the only true links course in the country. It was designed to be tough. It was designed to emulate the courses of Northern Ireland and Scotland. And they did it really well. I mean, there's not a straight putt. There's not a, a flat lie. There's, you don't play it the way you play, you know, uh, Hilton Head. You don't play it the way you play Augusta. Uh, it's, it's a whole different game when you play a Lynx course. And I don't think this is. <laughs> This is the test the tiger needs to take at this juncture. So, so have you have you played this particular course before, John? No, I have not. I've had uh, some conversations. We had the architect Jay Blasey. That's officially a Robert Trent Jones Jr. design, but the guy who basically put the course together, his name is Jay Blasey. He works for Robert Trent Jones. We had him on the, the show uh, a few uh, a few months ago, and. 
they built it to be tough, and they built it to be a copy of uh, of, of a European Lynx course. I mean, they even it's built on the side of an old mine, and they even kept some of the old mining artifacts around to to make it look like you know the Lynx courses with castle ruined castle turrets in the middle of it and things like that. Pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it, it is it is very cool. But uh, no, I don't get out to the Northwest much. You know, I don't go to Washington State if I can all avoid it. So in, instead of playing... Statute of limitations runs out soon, though, so I can go back. <laughs> there, you, there you go. So instead of <laughs> in, instead of playing the cart path, do they play the uh, the the mining cart? <laughs> on, on it was, the... <laughs> it's like it's like playing the cart path, man. I mean that's that's it. In fact, um, my my co-host on those weekend golf guys heard Sundays at noon on fourteen fifty the sports bus. Uh, Jeff Smith, he's yeah, you know, I figure keep it at home, right? <laughs> He's, um, uh, I'm all about shameless self-promotion, boys. Um, he's director of instruction at Otter Creek up at Columbus, Indiana, and he's had a student for a very long time named Tyler Duncan, who is a very good golfer. And Tyler Duncan uh, is on the web.com tour this year and qualified for the U.S. Open. So everybody should be watching the Thursday and Friday rounds and rooting for Tyler Duncan and hoping that he makes the cut. So we actually have something to talk about this weekend. So, so let but, me ask you this: What you you were comparing yeah. this particular course to a European Lynx style course? So, with that being mm-hmm. the case, would you expect the players that perform really well at this particular event will probably be the ones to watch out for in the British Open? Yeah, I'd say Rory and, and uh, probably G Mac have the inside. Uh, probably be the best bets. Yeah, is there? That's, um, that's what I would say. Is there anybody like one of the uh, one of the American players, or you know, one of the non-European players uh, that you feel might might perform better on a course like this? Um, well, you know, most most of the very good Americans that that whose names you know are in everybody's head um, are very very long hitters, and that's not going to help here. Um, because if you hit the ball really long, um, you're going to roll it through fairways and roll it through greens and into the water. Um, I'd say of all the Americans, probably Phil Mickelson's got the best chance because he's probably had more rounds played on Lynx courses. You know, he won the Scottish Open a couple of years ago, just you know prior to the British Open. He does pretty well in the British Open most of the time. Uh, he's probably got the uh, the best chance of any of the Americans. I would say. So you do you think a guy then uh, like Jordan Spieth, who won the Masters earlier this year, you don't think uh, this is a good tournament for no, excuse me tournament for him? You don't think he'll perform well? I, I, you don't look for him to do uh, play really well? Uh, I, I look for him to be confused because uh, it's it's a whole different game. Um, you know, you. I know that neither of you are familiar with the iron shots where you uh, swing the club and you top the ball and it rolls a few feet in front of you. But that is a bad shot on an American golf course. That would be the preferable shot on a Lynx course like this because you get a ball rolling like that and it's going to roll forever. Well, if that's the case, then maybe me and the doc should go because we'd be playing pretty daggone good. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I was alluding to, yes. Maybe you should sign up, John. <laughs> well, see, John actually got to see me play golf not too long. That's ago. right. We, we were uh, 
We were out at um, uh, Doe Valley. Doe Valley, yeah. Uh, Doe Valley. Uh, out yep. in uh, Brandenburg. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have to say, old, my, my hitting was not, was not very well. I didn't hit very well. I had a few good shots. I did hit a green in regulation, mm-hmm. which hasn't happened since the last ice age for me. But um, <laughs> it, it was. Uh, I, I did. I, I was putting. I think. I, I have to think that my putting was very good. W- w- would you agree with that statement? Yes, I would. Yeah, I. I yes, I would. I. I have not putted like that since since I played uh, the putt-putt course over on uh, over in Fern Creek. I, I haven't done – I haven't putt very well like that at all, actually. And uh, we, we had a good oh, no. time. Those are pretty fast greens over there in yeah. Fern Creek. Man. Yeah, they, they were pretty fast yeah. greens, especially especially after a rain, you know, when, they, when, when, the, when the metal is flooded out to the, to the fake grass. You know, the, everything yeah. makes it – you know, just like when you're driving a car through rain, you know, you don't want to hit a ball too well through that because you never know how deep it's going to go. So you know that that just right. causes all sorts of confusion. Speaking of rain, yeah, that hydroplaning, yes, rain. <laughs> Speaking of rain and storms, that was a hellacious storm that moved through here a little earlier, and I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm sitting there at dinner, and I look out the window, and they're like, I was like, look, it's a flying cow, and little beknownst <laughs> to me, uh, I did not know that there was a story that came out that there was a tornado that apparently had swept through. And picked up a field of cows and swung them around in the air, and and I was like, "What do you say to that if it lands on your car? Holy cow! I mean, come on, what do you say to that?" God, I like the movie Twister. Remember Twister, where they're like, "Oh, it's a cow! Wait, it's another cow!" Oh yeah, uh, and like that's a, they, they dodged the, the cow, cow with the oil tank for all of the same two minute segment, man. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. You know, the, playing golf though it requires a lot of patience. You know, and I know you know watching you play, John. You played fantastic. Everybody that played with us, I thought played pretty well. Everybody had some very good moments that played with us. But you know, I, I got to right. say, I, I didn't think someone who who could have given birth to God could hit the ball like you do. But you, you hit it pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Really? Woo! <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed the last time you played golf with me because it is. Hey, John, I, I apologize. That wasn't me. You can call me directly anytime. Feel free to do so. But, uh, you know, if you want to unfriend Gary, it's all good. I understand. John, I do want to ask you one question back to the the, the, uh, the course and the difference in the Lynx course opposed to the American course. Well, just, just set aside the, uh, the, the brown nosing these guys are doing with you. Uh, not that you don't deserve it. But mm-hmm. the last time this, uh, why is why would you use a Lynx course? Because the way you describe it, I don't know very much about golf. It's a very novice knowledge, and I'm just kind of looking these, this stuff up as I'm listening to you and trying to learn from you, and and just kind of just be a sponge to what you're saying about the, this this course being so different, and rough. It makes it sound like it's not a course that's going to really produce a lot of I don't want to say the word action, but the equivalent, the golf equivalent of what would be a lot of points in basketball. Is that is that a bad thing to do for a golf tournament as big as the U.S. Open in terms of television ratings that it could kind of maybe defer away some ratings? That, or is it just that if it's as long as there's a close competition going on the third day, it's irrelevant on how the course is treating the golfers? Yeah, the, the competition will be will be close, and it'll be really fun to watch uh, because the shots, this, this tournament's going to go to a shot maker. 
Um, we have a video up on those weekend golf on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf uh, which is Bubba Watson in a practice session on Monday making a putt on one of the greens at um, Chambers Bay. And he actually starts out hitting the ball 180 degrees opposite from where the hole is. And the contours of the green are such, um, in fact, um, Brandon Chambly from the Golf Channel was doing a little thing about it, and he said it, the, the greens look a lot like a NASCAR track <laughs> in that they're banked. And you can, you know, in order, in order to hit a ball that's, you know, 15 yards to your right, you may want to hit it a little bit to your left and just have it come around on the bank. And, um, and the, the, the ball that Bubba hit did take a, a 180 degree turn and he sunk the putt. I, I, I defy him to do that in com- <laughs> under competitive conditions, but he, he sank it. I don't know how many times he, it took him to do it. They were videotaping it. Bubba's so sure. the man, and man. Come on. Well, yeah, anybody named Bubba is. is cool. Is there a reason but, why uh, it took also showing, Unless you're in prison with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're also showing that if you hit it toward the hole directly, just playing a slight break that you might read and miss the hole, you're going to wind up in the ocean because it's not going to stop. I mean, is there going to keep on going? The, my kind of another question is: I was wondering. I mean, is there a really particular reason why the PGA waited eleven years to put a, an event like this back in a links type course? The last one being the two thousand four uh, PGA Championship, which I even do recall. I remember that three way tie with Leonard, Demarco, and, and Singh going down the wire, and it being entertaining right. at least to the novice fan. But is there is there a particular reason why there's an eleven year gap on a, a style course that is basically the common style? That's used by in Ireland, which is in Scottish, which is somewhat the inventors of the sport itself. Yeah, this 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 is you know the the, the traditional thing. But one is that there's not a whole lot of them in the United States. <clears throat> we have some. In fact, we've got a couple here in in the area that kind of emulate Link style. We've got Chariot Run over in uh, Elizabeth, Indiana, the, the Horseshoe Casino course, and then um, um, Neville Mead over in Prospect, which is kind of a Lynx style course. But this, the ground, the area being on, was it Puget Sound? Yes, Geography is not my main thing. But on Puget Sound, the the area is exactly like the coast of Scotland and Ireland. With the prevailing winds and the wild grasses and the wildlife and the water and everything, it it just... That'll make make for some picturesque TV. It does. Oh, it's beautiful, of course. It's absolutely gorgeous. And um, it's it's just, they decided, Robert, Robert Trent Jones just said, hey, I'm going to build a traditional Link-style course here because it's what will fit. So, and, so, um, so do you think an under-par score will win, or are we looking at an over-par score to win this tournament? I think par. Now, the, the USGA loves it when they make the U.S. Open Difficult, right? Uh, a lot of times when they play when they play on a quote unquote regular course, they'll grow the rough a little taller than normal to make it a little a little more difficult and things like that. They like to see par be the uh, the the winning score. They don't like to have a whole lot of under par numbers. That makes sense. So, and, um, so uh, yeah. in in saying that, John, uh, before we get you out of here, who who is your pick to win this one uh, when it's all said and done? I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with um, uh, 
G-Mac. All right. Or Rory. One of those two. I'm it taking depends Rory. depends on whether Rory can hit a... Uh, you know, if Rory's having a weekend where he can hit a drive straight, then yeah. But if he's having one of his weekends where he's he's not really sure where it's going off the tee, then probably no, because when you get into trouble, it's, uh, you know, let's be smart and take a drop because you're never getting out of there. I, th- so. I think another thing, too, John, is... Uh... You know, you're ta- alluding to how the Lynx type course is a lot like Scotland and places like that. The weather is kind of like Scotland and that with the, you know, raining a lot, uh, windy, a lot of off coast yeah. rainstorms that come in. So it, yeah. I think it's going to be very challenging. It's going to be fun for us to watch. The golfers are going to hate it, but we're going to love it. Yeah. Well, that's what some, so I forget which golfer it was, one of the Americans said, well, it looks like we're having two British Opens this year. <laughs> uh, that make that makes a lot of sense. Well, John, yeah. it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on as usual. Um, we we always have a lot of fun when you're on the show, and it, it you just you know you know what you're talking about when it comes to golf. So you know we, you were the first golf expert we ever called, and hopefully you'll be the last golf expert we ever call. But uh, you you do a great job, and you're always so informative. So we want to thank you for that, and we want to encourage everyone out hey, there listening. Uh, watch, uh, watch, uh, listen to those weekend golf guys on Sundays. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for talking uh, some U.S. Open with, especially on short notice. Uh, we appreciate that. So, uh, buddy, you have a good, uh, you have a good uh, week, and enjoy this uh, fabulous uh, Lynx golf we're going to be watching the, over the next uh, over the next four days. I intend to, man. Keep up the good work, guys. We'll talk thank, to you later. Thank you, sir. Yeah. You have a good night. Now, that was the man, the myth, the legend, the one, the only John Ashton. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the St. Louis uh, Cardinals FBI hacking scandal with the Houston Astros. Keep it locked right here. Triple the Red Sox. And welcome back here on Triple Threat Talk, 1450 The Buzz, Sports Buzz, WXVW. Co-host Gary Locker and myself, Jimmy Biggers. About to wrap things up. Final segment of the show here tonight, our good buddy Trevor producing us with a little Fleetwood Mac. Thanks for that there, Trev. Uh, Gary, quick question. Yo. Uh, Stevie Nicks or Chris Timmy V? Stevie Nicks. Okay. So before the break, Doc, uh, you alluded to the fact that uh, we're going to talk a little I guess we would call it Hackgate. Hackgate, I, I guess. I guess maybe we could coin that. Uh, maybe I haven't heard be, that yet. Maybe it could be the Cardinals being pretentious gate. I don't know. Yeah, adding the word gate to a scandal—that's original. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I mean, like Bounty Gate, Watergate, Water Spygate, spy <laughs> yeah, Deflate Gate, Deflate Gate. I, I don't know what it is about gates. I, I don't know. Uh, damn Watergate. I know. Right? I know. Damn you, Nixon. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I am not a crook. <laughs> uh, uh, Turns out you were. <laughs> first, first, you won't take our boys out of Vietnam, and now you now you get to stick us with a nickname for every uh, scandal in America for the next fifty years. That's and right. Damn you, Tricky Dick. Thank, thanks, Richard. We appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Richard. <laughs> so the, by, by the way, why why is Dick short for Richard? 
I never you know, understood I that. I never. I, I, that's something I've asked this to many people. Why is that? I've got. I've got a funny story about that though. Before a quick story. Before we get into this, is it clean? Yeah, it's very clean. Okay, please make I, it clean. I, there was a. I, I took a. I brought one of my friends home. Um, I, I was always kind of proper in high school. Yeah, and I. I got embarrassed easily, I guess is the name for it. Well, one day, a girl, uh, just a friend, you know, nothing nothing going on, just a friend. Okay, um, Bismarcky. Yeah, so she-, she What was I his brought, name? I brought her over, <laughs> you know, I brought her to the house. We were having a little bit of a party that evening, and I have an uncle named Uncle Dick. Okay. And I-, I Did you invite her I, to come meet Uncle Dick? No, no, I, I invited her <laughs> over to the house. Is that how you, is that how you no, proposed What is going her? off no, the rails I, quick? I invited her to come over to the house. Wrap and it up. First, and I- because I was, in, I I thought you know Uncle Dick would be a little bit you know a little shy? bit odd to say yeah. Like- so I, I I went to shy mode and I said this is my uncle Charles. <laughs> so you just lied because you didn't want to call no, Dick. No, no, his real name is Charles, but it's Charles Charles Dick, and and it's uh you know it's I just I introduced him as doctor as doctor as as uh, Uncle Charles instead of Uncle Dick. So it was a it was a very it was a very embarrassing moment for me. But has it, your life it was been funny. different ever since. My, my dad still makes fun of me for it to this day. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Did you get anywhere with a girl? No, no. She's like I said. She's just a friend. We're still friends to this day. Have you ever gotten anywhere? No. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least she's honest. <laughs> A for effort, Trevor, in my opinion. Notice I didn't even ask what she looked like. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. People. Well, hey, if you're like my, my good buddy Chris, then you probably don't have any standards. No, no. Oh as long God. as uh, hopefully she has no standards either. <laughs> Otherwise I have no chance. <laughs> so 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 the St. Louis Cardinals uh being investigated by the FBI for allegedly hacking the Houston Astros. Uh federal authorities are investigating whether or not the Cardinals illegally access the computer database of the Houston Astros to obtain information from a front office uh, top aide who helped transform the St. Louis scouting operation to a Saber metric system. The New York Times first released this report uh, that the FBI and the Justice Department were investigating whether or not that front office officials from the St. Louis Cardinals were behind an effort to steal information from the Astros database called Ground Control. So would that be like Major Tom to Ground Control? Never again. Never again. No. no, no. Never. No. Uh, never th- this is, this I never is thought a, that scene in Mr. Deeds was the worst thing I'd ever seen. That I know. I didn't get it, that. Yeah. Was very like forced. It seemed like. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is an <laughs> ongoing investigation. Uh, commissioner, the Major League Commissioner Rob Manfred said, "Quote." Uh, subpoenas have been issued, but didn't provide any details. Doc, your thoughts? This whole thing is revolving around John Layman, uh, John Laynow. I'm sorry, and I think it's, you know, it, it, he's not to blame. Don't don't get me wrong, but everything is centering around him because of his time with St. Louis. Because at two thousand up until 2011, he was a high ranking official an executive even uh, with the Cardinals organization. Now he's with Houston as a general manager. So there were, you know, people who, you know, we got a buddy of ours uh, who's a big Cardinals fan, and he, he went off and said that, you know, the Cardinals, they don't play the the Astros, so it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Well, guess what? That's the same lament that uh, that Patriots fans had uh, with Deflategate, and I, I'm here to tell everybody cheating is cheating. It doesn't matter if it affects the course of a game necessarily or not. They have these regulations so that they're not broken because no one gets a disadvantage. You know, these files uh, contained 
stuff like uh, trade negotiations, uh, scouting reports, and things like that. So it doesn't matter that it may not affect them on the field because they don't play every year. But you know, when you got the FBI sniffing at your tail, that's that that's a big deal. You know, I'm I'm sorry, it's still a felony too. Either way you push it, it's a felony. Yeah, I I think to to quote one of your favorite wrestlers, Wade Barrett. I'm afraid they've got some bad news because uh, much better, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's much better. Uh, you know, as you said, you know, the FBI that that's not a laughing matter at no, all. It's not. Uh, this is a very serious situation. It's not like you know, uh, if you're selling ice cream under price, that the FBI comes in, exactly. you on the wrist. You know, this is a big deal. This, the FBI this is, I assume is involved because it's probably somehow across state lines, inter- and internet crime, internet crime, inter- yeah. cyber crime, uh, hacking. This is the first case of corporate espionage in which a public in which a sports team has been accused of hacking into another one. Not to be confused when they put guys in binoculars in the left field to steal signs. Right, exactly, exactly. Maybe they were trying to recreate Moneyball. You know, I mean, I I don't know if they. Well, hopefully, were, that their new version will be more accurate than the last movie. Into that far, but. <laughs> Yeah, talking about a movie that's going to be remade soon so they can make it a little bit more correctly. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it, it really is weird because when it comes down when it comes down to the nitty-gritty and you know, everything aside, you know, who cares if it doesn't affect on the, on the ball play? If you're allowing this to go, you've got to allow everything else to go and you just simply can't allow private or that's why people aren't privy to certain amounts of information you know if you if you're a defense uh, if you're in court you know you may or may not be privy to a witness a surprise witness at the last second or something like that you know you have to have there's some information that is just privy to an organization you know and you know and they're a private organization they're not public so we don't necessarily don't have access to that information and it's for good reason that the FBI is involved here because it's just like the Cardinals saying we don't care about the rules. They're like the Patriots don't. We know the Patriots don't care about the rules. Obviously not. I mean, they, you know, we all know the Major different... League Baseball has no problem bringing the government involved. I mean, they've already sent people to Congress to, 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 about steroids. This is a big deal for St. Louis. One, I think I'm glad to see it happen because St. Louis fans are the most obnoxious people I've ever met. In the <laughs> they're pretentious, yes. Oh, they're the most pretentious fan base in, in all of sports, and I, and I hate the Yankees. But they, <laughs> they, but they do. They are, and they can get mad at me if they want. I don't care. They prove me wrong. But this is a like you just kind of mentioned that some of the things that they got in this information. I mean, they can use that in, in terms of bargaining with with Absolutely. possible free agents, underselling the Astros. I mean, they can really. Screw the Astros over yeah, by absolutely. doing this or any other team that they steal their information from. Whether they play them or not, okay, they may not play them, but you know who does play them? The Dodgers play them a lot. The, the Dimebacks play them a lot. The Rockies play them a lot. Well, actually, the Rockies don't internationally because I forget the Astros moved to the American. I forget. But regardless, the teams they play, who's to stop the Cardinals from selling that information to them? Who's to stop the Cardinals from saying, oh, hey, I know you got the Astros in the three game series coming up. By the way, uh, I think I kind of here's a little information for you. On the down low. I mean, what's to stop them from doing these things? Yeah. I mean, Clearly they have no ethics to begin with. I mean, and, and you know, it, it's one of those things that you, when you say stuff like that, you know, it, it can clearly, it can upset a fan base, but it's true at the same time. You know, it doesn't matter. What's that whole thing? You know, it, 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 it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily hurt unless it, I mean, it, it can be true and still be the truth. You know, I mean, there, there's a difference between Falsely saying something and truthfully saying something. And, you know, when it comes down to everything it goes, rules are there for a reason. 
You know, New England fans never think they break the rules. I've no, of course not. They, they don't do, do anything wrong, according to them. Just and, ask and, them. And they're not the only ones, though. They're not the only ones. But when you're caught, you're caught. Don't come out and say, oh, it wasn't a big deal. The, the, the ball pressure just didn't deflate because of the temperature. Let me tell you why that's wrong. It's because the temperature doesn't decrease pressure over that time. I, I, I took science in college, and I, I, my major is in science. It's in the sciences. You know that let me it doesn't you know 10 degrees doesn't decrease pressure that much I'm I'm sorry uh, it just doesn't so you know and you know breaking rules is breaking rules you know it's kind of like the guy from family guy well rules is rules you can't go breaking them you know and it, it it's the truth yeah I I totally agree and in this case uh, if they do find if the FBI if the you know the justice department find that you know, this was all legit. What did happen did, in fact, take place. They're, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, there could be jail time, you know, millions of dollars in fines. And, I mean, you're you're talking about personal information here, Doc. Um, as you said, they could, they could barter with an American League team and say, you know, we'll give you this for this. I mean – and as you alluded to earlier in the show, when we we're talking about soccer, this is this this kind of proves your point of even in American sports, there's cheating going involved. But again, as I alluded to, there's the United States government there to intervene. So you're right; they don't always find out, they don't always get caught, and not everything you know goes through. Some things are flown under the radar; we don't know about it. But this is another case of maybe some backdoor politics going on in between the uh the with the cardinals organization and uh you know they're gonna pay for it you know and you know they're still this still under investigation so this is all still very much alleged right absolutely but there's there is confirmation that something did happen involving computers that we know everything else you know is for 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 better or for less or not the Uh, on the alleged side of things absolutely so that wraps things up on the show here tonight folks uh we hope you enjoyed the show i know we had a good time trevor thanks for tuning in with us buddy having a good time we always enjoy your company most of the time most of the time well i couldn't leave you you took my dog hostage can i have him back or i mean i stayed this whole time can i have him back now well how else do you think we keep here to produce the show i mean come on so uh for myself and the doc gary lockard This is Jimmy Biggers. Until next week, we will see you same time, same place. Triple Threat Talk, 1450 The Sports Buzz.